Welcome to The Tab, the monthly podcast with conversations centered around creativity. Our next guest is musician Sam Lewis, also known as SG Lewis, a producer, writer, singer, DJ, along with live performances around the world. We sat down for a chat to hear his thoughts on his creative processes. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Sam. Hi. So I have a question. Were you in Ibiza last night? I was. I was in Ibiza. I was playing at Pasha in Ibiza for Clapton's Night Masquerade. Um, and I was very well behaved for a, a change. <laughs> I was uh, I was in bed about 20 minutes after my set. The hotel was like directly over the road. And then flew back first thing. That was like a really quick in and out. But um, I mean, Ibiza is awesome. And it's, uh, there's definitely like worst day's work in the world. All right, man. So can we get like a little brief synopsis, a little breakdown mm-hmm. of S.G. Lewis? Right. The beginning, where it started to where you are. Sure. So yeah. um, I'll, just, I'll introduce myself. Um, I'm Sam Lewis, a.k.a. S.G. Lewis. Um, you can probably work out how I've reached that. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm an electronic music producer. Um, I sing on some stuff as well, um, terribly. But um, with all the help I can get of technology and stuff. But... Um, I, I kind of make, uh, call it like down-tempo electronic soul music, if I was to kind of summarise it. Um, I grew up in Reading, uh, studied in Liverpool. Um, I'll give you a brief overview of how yeah, I got yeah, here, I yeah, guess. Definitely. So basically, uh, growing up, my, my family wasn't really musical. Like My brothers were like interested, we used to like, play instruments and stuff, but I didn't really grow up in a, a household where you know, music was everywhere. Like, uh, I think a, a lot of people are like, oh, my dad used to play, like, Stevie yeah, Wonder, yeah. da, 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 but I don't really have a lot of memories of my parents playing a lot of music growing up, and which is weird, because now they're so involved. I think now that, like, I'm in music, my dad's, like, constantly, like, listening to radio, being like, oh, you should listen to this, and I'm like, I've never heard of that in my entire life. He's like, you should work with this person, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so um, when I was eight years old, I came home from school, and I was like, uh, Mum, Dad, I want to play the flute. <laughs> I was going to say, what was that first instrument? What did you get your hands on first? Right, right so the, for some reason, there was like a kid in like the school concert. You know when you're a kid, you just like look up to the older kids. Like when you're yeah, like yeah, eight, yeah. like the 11-year-olds are like blokes in your eyes and they're like really cool. Someone was like shredding it on the flute and I was like... <laughs> Got that jazz flute. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, I can do this. So I went home. My parents have always been like super encouraging, but just like confused. So they were like, Okay, all right. So they got me a flute. I did that for a year and a half, maybe. Didn't get that far. I'm really gutted I gave it up because basically, as you sort of hit puberty at like whatever age, 19 for me, all of a sudden you become like a moody teenager and you just like, all of a sudden playing the flute isn't cool. But like, if mm. I'd kept it up, I'd be like the coolest yeah. thing in the world right the now. If I, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I could shred jazz flute, like. That'd be awesome. Anyway, so gave that up, but then started listening to rock music, started playing guitar. Um, I was a bit of like a introverted kid. Like I was quite socially awkward, still am, but um, more so even. And I kind of, the guitar sort of became my like thing that... Uh, yeah, mm. I guess like, you know, I could turn up at school and I was like, I can play this, be my friend sort of thing. And like, that was kind of like the the only thing that I had that could be like impressive or like a talking point because I just didn't feel very like confident, I guess. So... 
got really good at guitar um, and then forgot it all 10 years later. Were you like yeah. covering songs or were you like teaching yourself scales and stuff? Well, yes, yeah, so I was doing grades. I did like grade eight. So I did all, all of that. Like I learned all the scales. It was a shame because I forgot it all, literally. Like, because yeah. I, I still like know music theory, but like I was like, I knew all of my modes and stuff. And like, so then I started getting into bands with my friends who, um, bless them, I love them to bits, but like they really didn't give a shit <laughs> can I swear by the way yeah of course oh, man. Yourself, okay. man so I didn't really give a shit so they'd come around my house and I'd be like right today we're going to do it and they'd be like let's play FIFA first and then like I'd play a bit of FIFA I'd be like right so we're going to and they'd be like uh, well, I'm really... anyway after about six hours we'd have done nothing and they'd go home but I really wanted to start writing music and they just we weren't really on the same pages so um, I was always kind of like writing stuff by myself not very good though and then um come maybe 16 years old i think dubstep hit like london and like very well in a yeah. massive way yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so like and you had this kind of like cultural wave on the internet of dubstep so like yeah. i wasn't in clubs at this point you know like i was, I was too young and or i was like 15 16 like living in reading like going to school but all of a sudden there's like all these dubstep remixes online all these bootleg remixes soundcloud these tutorials on how to make it so I'd started doing music technology in my spare time, which is basically like recording and like learning how to record bands. So I had access to like software, like Logic and a computer. Okay. And um, I just started spending all my free time following these tutorials and uh, learning how to like sound design. And then basically started making terrible remixes and just like mm. putting them on YouTube. And I would name them like, this is quite jokes actually. I remember did like a dubstep remix of an Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I was gonna say, are they still around now? Because people nah, still nah, 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 nah. I have, I have right. like it's a scorched they earth policy. Yes. Like, I've <laughs> set fire to everything. That, yeah. It's actually, um, actually, I've got to tell this story. It sounds a bit name droppy, but uh, I, I my first uh, publishing deal. I signed to Fly Eye, which is Calvin Harris's publishing uh, company, and basically uh, the way it happened, I was like, I was on the tube one day. I was on my way to a night out with my friends pretty pissed this email pops up it's from Calvin Harris and it's like it says Calvin Harris in the title and I'm like what's this like some promo email or something so I didn't sign up for this and then um open the email and he was like hey man really like your stuff like uh, do you have a publishing deal and I was like oh shit so I'm quite pissed at the time so I'm like no I don't oh my god it'd be amazing to chat and by the way I like ages ago one of the first things I ever did was this like remix of your, <laughs> of your tune <laughs> And like, I was, I didn't think about it at the time. It was like this beat port competition. It was like the worst remix you've ever heard. It's like an electro, just like, bleh, bleh, bleh. like it was like some EDM, like. Really angry sound. Oh, it was just yeah. like, it was just not good. It was badly made. So then um, he hits back and he's like, oh, no way. I'm going to try find that right now. And I was like, oh, <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> so I literally, I got off the tube and I was like scrambling around the internet, just like deleting it. And he, he was like, ah, oh, he was like, I found the link, but it's not working. And I was like, oh, oh, no. such a shame, man. Yeah, so, oh. Anyway, so terrible remixes. Then um, I had a, I was meant to be doing mechanical engineering. So I, I was doing maths and physics at the time. I was all right at maths, terrible at physics. Um, but I had a teacher sit me down at lunchtime in a bit of like a like Hollywood film style scenario where he's like, see me at lunch. And I was like, eh. walk into his room. He's like sat on the desk pensively. And he was just like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what do you, why are you going to do mechanical engineering? I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's a good job. Like, you know, dad thinks it's a good idea. You earn good money. Da, da, da. And he was like, okay, so what would you do if money weren't an object? And I was like, produce music. Oh, yeah. boom. That's yeah. the moment. Yeah, right. it gave me the power. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, and he was like, well, go do it then. And I was like, 
what like I, I you know like I was saying like my parents had, hadn't grown up in music we didn't know anything about the music industry or jobs in it so yeah. I was just like there's no money in music you know and my mm. dad before I kind of signed a record they thought that I would busk to make money like he thought that's the only way you can mm. make money yeah, through yeah. music so yeah he's like basically like do it and I was like well I don't know what to do so we sat down we looked at a bunch of stuff looked at basically my options and mm. settled on the idea that if I were to study sound engineering that I would be able to get a solid job in music me just being like I'm going to chase my dreams seemed a bit like pipe dreamish so I was yeah, like yeah. talked to my parents about it and found this course in Liverpool the uh, Liverpool Institute Performing Arts sound technology course basically you'd study there and you'd become like a technician you'd work in like a studio and you would just um, facilitate other artists like so records was it like a real theory approach to it was it yeah. instead of just like going to go no, wild there were, stuff there were studios and stuff but it was very like technical it was like you know take apart a compressor and like do or do like sound calculations on like sound waves in a room so you could like acoustic treat and stuff so like yeah. I think that was like a halfway house for me so I ended up at this like place in Liverpool which was really formative I met my manager he was living in the same flat that I got put in in the first year and stuff he's still my manager and um, it was a great place to be but the course itself just wasn't like really right so kind of second year stopped going to lectures I don't think the lecturers liked me very much but like <laughs> stopped going I was failing the course and I just started getting better at these remixes and I started putting some online and um, I think I sort of started to like develop, I found like Bon Iver and uh, James Blake and I was just like I want to do that and like I just started like imitating some sounds from that and stuff rather than making shitty like dubstep and yeah I was, was going to ask like what, what about those artists that kind of uh -huh. drew you to them what was their James Blake was a big one so I was at Bestival and I was um, chasing this this girl like she ended up being my first girlfriend but she invited me to Bestival with a bunch of people I didn't know and I was like yeah I'll go so I went, <laughs> went along and it was going terribly so by the, by the third day she was just like avoiding me and we ended up going out after so I don't know how but so I was on my own on this last day feeling a little bit like down <laughs> so, <laughs> I walked sad. Walked into this tent and uh, James Blake was playing and he just started and I just I heard of his name but I watched the whole thing and just like that was the, that was the first time I like cried to music mm. I was just like he, he uh, played an encore he went on stage and he came back on and he played his uh, Johnny Mitchell cover Case yeah. of You I was just like I was bawling my eyes out and I was like <laughs> I mean he might have had something to do with being at a festival for three days but <laughs> anyway. I need home yeah, yeah. so um, that was just that. I think that was a bit of a click moment it was like that was a moment where I realised you can make electronic music and it could be emotive and songwriting based rather than just club music you know mm. whenever I thought of electronic music I thought of DJs yeah but um, James Blake was a kind of open this door of like oh like it doesn't have to be like it could be a live experience yeah, it can you know it could be a electronic music can be a vehicle for emotion and then for stories and so really that was kind of like the most formative moment I'd say and then um, and then long story short started getting stuff uploaded on Majestic Casual the sound you need there were huge blogs at the time they had like millions of subscribers so if you got a tune on there it would have a million hits within like a, a month from there I got picked up by PMR Records who at the time had my like dream roster it had Disclosure Jesse Ware Silver Hahn Julio Bashmore and they were my favourite label at the time I was like mm. if I want to be anywhere that's where I want to yes. be and uh, and they got in touch out of the blue we went for one meeting and then we signed and there we are here we are man sorry that was that <laughs> that was the full <laughs> the life story <laughs> this is yeah. like so when you're looking to create a piece of work mm -hmm. you mentioned emotion and storytelling are these key things that are embedded in kind of your process yeah definitely I think um, you know 
it's weird because I feel like my music sits between um, club music and the more singer-songwriter-focused stuff, and I always kind of walk this line, but um, I think that's why sometimes when I DJ, people are surprised because... I don't make a lot of like dance floor music, but it's very inspired. It's like inspired by the dance floor, but you wouldn't really hear it like any of my tunes played out by another DJ peak time at DC 10, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and I don't know why that is. It just, it's just been the thing that I'm drawn to. And like, I, as I've started to sing on more stuff, so I'm working on this album now and it's like 75% my own vocals. I've always been more like feature led, but that's really been the last five years developing, you know? Mm. Like, I never used to sing on anything, but that has opened a door of, like, I get to talk about my own life now, and I get yeah, to, like, you know, if stuff happens to you, you get to, like, kind of process it by writing about it, and that was something I didn't really understand before when I read other interviews. I was like, yeah, that's a bit wanky. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, it's like, if, like, if something bad happens or, or something good happens, you can kind of just twist it in some way or use it and then it's kind of yeah. out of your system yeah, yeah. and you've got to have these experiences to kind of share them I guess haven't you you yeah. go through life yeah, yeah exactly yeah. man like I mean if uh, the first kind of the first life tip I guess <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> if, by SG. if, if, uh, if you're not inspired like leave the studio go live like you know like you can't yes you got to work fucking hard but like you've got to have things to draw on it's like I I had a really good creative wave about two months ago where I just did a load of stuff really quickly the album started to come together really quickly and then I've been touring ever since and just like been a bit like drawing inspiration in the last two weeks I just like lived my life for a bit and yeah. like you know love relationships and stuff and blah blah blah, blah. and all of a sudden I'm like shit I'm ready to get back in the studio yeah, now because yeah. like I've got a bunch of stuff to talk about so yeah you have to you have to be inspired by your, your it, life yeah. it's a great feeling when you get that urge again isn't it because sometimes yeah. I get a drought in my head and I'm just uh -huh. like oh and you're just forcing it exactly yeah, like, go away for a bit yeah exactly for you guys you know you like uh, visually you know you have to go and like digest art and like yes. see things and like get inspired or you know it can be anything as simple alright so for instance I'm I'm like starting to get into the creative of this new album don't want to give too much away yet but mm, yeah, yeah so I've been buying these books of like um, I bought this book today that's like it's uh, nightlife posters from uh, the like 70s to the 90s in New York and it's oh, like he does his oh, research yeah, yeah, I like this yeah. I like that but it's like all the like text and the art and the, like it really like captures the time and I'm like using that as like a visual like thing so yeah you know inspiration can come from anywhere so oh, I love that um, all right, so, to, so you, I mean, we'll go on to that then, I guess, like, music having a visual aesthetic. Yes, oh, look at that, segue. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so is that, like, is that something that you're, like, kind of heavily involved in, something that you're really interested in, in mm -hmm. your process? Is it come before music? Does it come after music? What's the... Definitely. Um, music comes first, like, the feeling and emotion. Mm. And I've, like, visuals have been secondary for me, but, like... I think there is definitely a big visual element to my music. Like with the Dust Art Dawn project, that I did this three-part album that kind of mapped the trajectory of a night out musically. Plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it was all kind of centered around the sun and like then the, you know, I think like one of my friends like taking a piss at me, like called me Sunset Sam once because I was uploading so many sunsets to my Instagram. But like there's something so like visual about like, you know, like an LA sunset or something mm. and things like that. And, you know, sometimes visuals are important for people to connect with music. So it's like, um, I put out my first ever tune, Warm. Um, what year was it? I don't know, 2014 or something? Mm. God, I'm getting old. Yeah. Um, so then 
put it out and initially not a lot happened you know it's like it got maybe a play on radio one like a couple of thousand streams so you know i was like oh. i love that tune like i really yeah. like, in my gut i was like yeah this is like i really feel good about this and then maybe like nine months later um a guy called scott venner picked up the track and he uh dm me on twitter he had a tick i had no idea who he was at the time he was like hey man i love your track like i'm gonna put it in my tv show and i was like cool yeah <laughs> like <laughs> but like <laughs> The thing is, it been on like a TV show and you get like the golf or something, and like yeah. some sinks, like nothing happens. It's like, oh, cool, like you know, Love Island, you might get a few tweets, and be like, Woo. but like, I didn't realize like HBO is like a big thing, yeah. Like, I didn't, I don't really watch TV even now, so like, I was like, I didn't know what HBO was at the time. It's 2014, it's before like Game of Thrones and before like Netflix and streaming and stuff, so um, so I was like, cool. So for like six, three months maybe, he was like, are you ready? Are you ready? He's messing me. He's like, are you ready for this? He's like, build up. Ready? And I was like, what, if, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I was like, what is the guy talking about? I was like, Hello. And I was like, yeah, am I ready? Like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, shut up, it's been on the golf. So gets to the night and because of the time difference, I, it was airing at like 3 a.m. UK time. So he was like, I think you should stay awake for this. And I was like, tired man like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like do I have to he's like he's like trust me so anyway, he played the full song into the end credits of this uh, episode in Ballers um, Ballers was their like the biggest show on HBO the biggest new show at the time it had like the rock in it audience is massive and there was this pivotal scene where I think I, I haven't actually watched the whole series, but I think someone dies and like there's like a there's like a, there's a montage at the end of all the, this like stuff going off and and then like the chords from Warren came in and it was one of them syncs where they just like nailed it in terms of like the song for the moment mm. and I had all my notifications on at the time for my social media and I, my phone just started buzzing and just like <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like moving along the table and I was like <gasps> and like honestly like overnight it just like changed my life in terms nah, of it's you know, that real pivotal moment yeah it wasn't like hey like go from like sitting in my bedroom to like the next day buying rolex <laughs> it was like it, it allowed me to do this professionally really it like it put me on the map and it it gave me like a grounding in america and it uh but wheeling back to it the whole point was that like before the visual element no one really gave a shit about the tune because mm. like it's so hard. There's so much music out there, so it's like people have to have a context sometimes. And it's like if people can relate a song to a visual image or a movie or something, then that can be like the catalyst. Mm. I would definitely appreciate that. Um, we spoke about the visuals coinciding with the music, mm -hmm. but has the music ever led you to explore any other mediums? So has it led you to be like, actually, I want to paint this, or I want to mm. explore this in photography? I think um, not painting because I'm terrible. Yes, <laughs> but um, photography, yeah. I think like I'm I'm not a great photographer. I think that like I do always think on an audio wavelength rather than like visual. But like I just think that like more recently, I think it, it's start. I'm starting to like notice like the art in something like photography or like yeah. and what why certain things make people feel a certain way and even like on a more like um narcissistic social media level you notice like people's reaction to things on instagram and it's like why yeah. do, why do people why are people drawn to like a certain photo or a certain video and it's like that's like i don't know on some level you can kind of start to understand 
human it sounds so like stupid but like human nature with social media like mm. yeah people are like people want to see uh aspirational things or they want to see happy things that make them laugh or whatever mm. and like i don't know so photography like just through instagram i guess i've kind of started to like realize what makes people tick and stuff but i'm definitely still learning on that like there's some yeah. people that are just naturally like brilliant like rory who does a lot of, like visuals for me who works with virgin rory doer uh, d-e-w-a-r um he has such a just like natural eye for like think like he's not like an artist uh, mm. like a music artist or anything but his like instagram is just like fire and he just like yeah. makes this amazing content and like shoots amazing photos and stuff so um i'm weak at it but it has definitely like sparked some interest in that okay i probably need to get better the label are probably like constantly like you need to buy more <laughs> uh, like talk to your camera and like, no. anyway <laughs> do you reckon so do you think that social media is it helps the industries is it is it good? Is it a good thing? Or is there's it... the the big question. <laughs> oh God. Look, um, I don't know the answer to that really in terms okay. Here's the difference, okay. Pop stars. Okay. Britney Spears. Uh, oh, I keep hitting the table, sorry. I'm angry. Um, <laughs> Let it out. Okay. Britney Spears. Yeah. And Britney Spears is coming up. What what do we know about Britney Spears apart from the fact that she's like a singer, a pop star? And like dances and sings. Point being, we knew nothing about them really. Yeah. Like, mm. I, I couldn't tell you what she likes for dinner, who her ex boyfriend is, what dogs are called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the flip side, like let's take Ariana Grande for instance. Her fans know who she's dating, how she's feeling, what mm. dogs are called, who her mates it are. Is who, so the way that's also affected like pop music and songwriting and the, the way that. Um, it, like social media has directly influenced like pop as one instance is that Ariana Grande can't get away with singing something that isn't directly related to her life now which has made like the songwriting industry harder because it's like you could just chuck a song at Britney Spears and like if she could sing it well you'd be like oh cool this works but like yeah. mm. if Ariana Grande is singing a song that she hasn't written and it says I miss my ex-boyfriend Greg mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like who, who, the, who the fuck's Greg anyway yeah. so that's so social media is like open the door and that everything's just like on the table and it's like you know um, you see what someone's eating for breakfast you see what they're wearing and it's just like it means that there's much less privacy for artists now and mm -hmm. one of the negative effects that's like you can take that as positive negative that point like the music's more personal whatever but one of the negative effects is kind of leading on to uh mental health so it's like yeah. artists now have to always be on like yeah. they have to be yeah. you know it's got to be fine exactly yeah. so you think about like the old album cycles and the way that music was made you know go to the studio you make an album you'd tour that album for 18 months whatever and then you disappear you go live life and you have time off and then yeah. you go back yeah. in the studio now that's all bundled into constantly one thing you're like making music as you go because be because as soon as you disappear like unless you're huge it's like you kind of lose that momentum and people move on to the next thing or whatever so it's it's hard i think social media is negative in that way in that like it kind of it forces artists to like be a certain way all the time and you know take for instance someone like lewis capaldi he's had like mm. an amazing year and i don't know lewis at all personally so like i'm just 
speculating, but mm-hmm. he's got a reputation for being hilarious now. And he, yeah, and yeah, he's the funny. Pictures, he's funny. The Instagram, yeah, yeah. the glasses, yeah, he's, all that he's stuff. He's so jokes, but like, yeah. imagine now that he wakes up one day and he's like, I don't feel very funny today. Yeah, <laughs> like, course, you know, yeah, or like, yeah. or he's sad or something. It's like, you can't really be unfunny or sad yeah. without people being like, be funny, like, tell a joke, or yeah. talk about your shit, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know this at all, so you know, maybe it's not the case, but like, I can imagine that could be quite hard if you get known for like, because everyone on social media portrays the best version of themselves, really. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, influencers edit their photos yeah. and, you know, people pick the photos they look the best in. You know, I'm not going to post a photo being like, I just curbed my car today and, and uh, I've had a shit day and I spilled yeah. coffee down the top. But I'm going to post, woo, just played Pasture Ibiza. Like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was great. I turned my mates <laughs> in the booth. So, like, that's it. And like, the last kind of point I'll make about it is like for aspiring artists, it can be re- like for people that aren't doing it actively, it can be really hard to look at all these yeah, people the that they look up to and be it? like, and they're like, oh shit, man, I'm, I'm at home, I'm not playing gigs, and like my life sucks and their life is great. And I feel like everyone feels that way. It's like, because you just see everyone else's life yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. they're killing it. And, and it's like, I was. I remember like two and a half years ago, I was like nearly bankrupt. Like I went through a bit of a rough time and uh, mental health wise and I just stopped like touring and stuff. And I just remember like, but no one had any idea. Cause like, I didn't yeah, like, I wasn't being like, woo, yeah, feeling yeah. depressed today. It's like, you just constantly putting out this version of yourself that is the, um, the kind of best version of yourself, the version you want to present. And that is damaging, I think, because it's not real. Yeah. And was it going through it? How did you develop the tools to kind of deal with it? So I really had to stop. So I was young. I kind of, I had this like initial wave of like heat. Um, and like I got to like a cocoa level, which is like in London, it's like 1400 tickets. And to be honest, I was young. And I think that like, I was like, woo, this is going well. This is easy. I'm, I'm like the tits. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that I hit a point where it coincided with maybe like, you know, focusing on the wrong things, going out, um, believing my own hype, da 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 da. All that mm. stuff when you stop working kind of disappears very quickly. And then I kind of hit this, I'd also hit this wall creatively with my team at the time where we wanted different things, believed in different music. And uh, so I had this kind of like six month to nine month period where I just didn't know what to do. I was a bit like in a bad place. But then I had to really look inside myself to discover the tools to deal with that because yeah, I developed like a lot of anxiety with that like mm. I you know on the worst days I wouldn't want to like leave the house or like you know and or I couldn't speak to people or yeah, you know yeah. I couldn't get my words out or look people in the eye and you just and um the internet was really helpful for that actually just you know finding out that other people felt that way and then finding tools to like deal with it you know whether it's meditation yeah. Yeah. exercise looking after yourself not being an idiot and partying all the time you know it's um so it was it's really been a process and like you know i, I think you also with something like anxiety if anyone's listening happens to be an anxious person you kind of um the first time you ever have a panic attack you're like what the yeah, fuck yeah, is yeah. shit like i'm dying and then you can train your brain like i haven't had one for ages now because like when you feel that happening, you learn the like processes to like yeah, almost yeah, bring yourself yeah. back down off that. And that's like time and experience. But like, you know, if you are someone who's dealing with anxiety and you're, it's like a new thing for you and you're having panic attacks, you just, you need to talk to people and you need to like 
ask what other people do and see what works for you because I'm just glad more creators are talking about it now I mean yeah. on this show we've had loads of conversations uh-huh. with and it's the topic is coming up more and more uh-huh. and it's being shared the knowledge is being passed on I think it's a real positive thing definitely I think like that's been a really positive thing in the last like two years or so as people just open up artists starting to talk about it and like and, it, and you know it's like that is like the opposite to what we're just talking about with the social media and stuff so it really you know I think I, I try and in interviews now be really open about like my experiences with that and like you know having yeah. having days where I'm like I can't get a sentence together and stuff you know so you've got that platform now where the people you know you're, you're saying people reach out and now they actually can which yeah. is you can you couldn't do that definitely before social media so, so there's a positive of social media you know you can mm-hmm. help these people you can reach out and um, whether that's with mental health or like sometimes it's their relationships, you know, people will reach out and be like, you know, people reach out sometimes and they're like, my best friend died and our song was this song and like, mm-hmm. thank you. And like, you don't even have to do something sometimes except just like thank them and yeah. like, but do you, that's some of the like beautiful things about social media is yeah. when you get in contact with those fans and you like have that synergy and that back and forth. But mm. yeah. You've mentioned being a kind of introvert. So I want to talk about, in the music game, how has it benefited you? Because I think it's quite solo, it's quite a solo thing being a producer, isn't it? Uh Like photographers, photography, artists, painters, kind of studio-based industries, creatives. Uh It's quite insular. You're on your own quite a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how do you feel like that's affected your process? Has it made it more... I don't know, like, how's that affected yeah, the Yeah, so the I, when I was, like, in a bit of a rough space, I was touring, DJing, like, I was, wasn't playing live as much, but I was doing some DJing. I remember one particular run where I was by myself, like, a two-week run. Yeah. I hate being by myself. Oh, like, yes. you know, there's a difference, because it's, like, I like my own space, but I like to be able to, like, walk into the, the kitchen and be, like, yeah. oh, there's people here, or, like, you know, we're not talking a day or two. It's like, every, you know, I like a day to myself sometimes. But two weeks by myself, I, I just remember, like, being in this hotel room and just, like... Just in your own head. Just crying. I was yeah. just like, I've never... I hadn't spoken to anyone in, like, two weeks. And I just mm. remember feeling, like, completely on my own. Um, I think that all the jobs you just mentioned, you know, yeah. there's an element of, like, working in a room by yourself. Um, I think it's important to find, like, a community of... Um, like-minded people to bounce yeah. off and yeah. like you know the internet and whatsapp and all these things are very useful but like you are your own worst enemy in your head sometimes and you can like overthink things and you know having people that you can bounce your creative things off of is really positive you know like does this song suck yes yeah. no maybe like, or, <laughs> like you know probably um, or just like you know i so i'm at home at the moment i was saying because i moved back from la so i'm at home, home. I'm not gonna lie, I love being at home for the studio stuff because I like I'm in like a bedroom set. And you got a full fridge. Yeah, I got a full fridge. <laughs> mum doing the washing. But shout out, mum. Uh, <laughs> shout out, mumsy. Um, no, but like, it's the thing that I like about it is that like, so my brother's working out because we were living together. We were like looking to move out again, but um, I can go downstairs and like I can grab him and be like, "What do you think of this?" Or like, or if I'm bored, I can talk about the football or something mm. like you know just uh have a network of people around you i think like isolation in my opinion some people like isolation but yeah. i think it's like being in your own head especially with creativity can just be really dangerous mm. and like be open like collaborate you know i think some people get so like worked up about 
you know, creating solo or, you know, their artistic vision being pure and whatever. But it's like, you know, um, if you surround yourself with creative people that are better than you as well, then you're only going to grow, you know? No, 100%. Is it what you expected? Is what? Creativity, what you're doing now. Oh, like the the job. Just the, the vibe, yeah. I think, here's the thing, everyone's like, I think the cliche is like, it's not what you think it is, it's not as good when you get there. I think it's absolutely as good, like... Okay, yeah. In terms of, the, like, the lows are low, don't get me wrong, yeah, that, yeah, I think yeah. that's not what... When people say that, they don't, they're like, you know, yes, you don't see when you can't go to bed for the night because you have to get on another flight or things like that. But, like, I think that if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're being fulfilled, like, for me, like, I'm not making music because I want to be famous and yeah. Yeah. successful. It's like I'm making music because it's, like it's like an itch. Like, I need to do it. And if I don't do it, then I feel, like, bad about myself. But but honestly, like, I, I for anyone that's, like, thinking about doing it and pursuing music or being a music producer like the the fulfillment you get out of it is like i think one of the luckiest things you can have in this life it's like to wake up and to like make something don't get me wrong there are shit days there are days i go to the studio and i can't put three chords together and i'm like and the lows suck you know you leave and you're like wait if i can't make music what can i do i'm an idiot i got no degree i'm like blah 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 but like the general overall fulfillment when you like make something and people fuck with it and if that can even pay your bills it's like yeah. i'm not i'm not rich like i you know i still consider myself to be like this is early on in my career or just like but i honestly i pay my bills through music and i think like that's all i can ever ask anything from here is a bonus you yeah know? it's like yeah. i get to there's a roof over my head. Actually, I'm at my mum's. <laughs> yeah. But before when I was renting, but like, and when I start renting again, you know, there's a roof over my head and food in the fridge because yeah. you're doing something you love. And like, I think that is so much richer than doing something you hate every day and mm. making money out of it. Yeah. So what advice would you give to yourself knowing what you know now? Back to... Trust mm. your gut over anything, even if there's important people with experience and stuff telling you that something's... Right, like... No one knows what they're doing. Everyone in creative <laughs> industries is making Fake it. Fake it you make yeah. it. Everyone is making it up. Like, this is like, every single creative industry yeah. is based on how people react to a piece of art or something that's been created, you know, mm-hmm. really. So everyone can pretend that they know. Like, everyone can be like, that's a hit record. Yeah. No one fucking no knows. One knows. No one has <laughs> no one any knows. clue. And like, if you don't feel it in your gut, no one else is going to feel it. So, you yeah. know, when you've made that thing and you're like, uh, I don't really like it, but it's kind of poppy sounding, so the label excited. Don't fucking listen to that. Like, if it's pop and it makes you feel excited and amazing and, like, it's, you think it's a hit, then great, follow that. I'm not saying don't do pop, because yeah. I do pop. <laughs> but, but if you don't, if something doesn't fucking set your soul on fire, if you're not like, ah, just like listen, just listen to your gut, because it's mm-hmm. probably right. Like, your gut is going to be more correct than, like, the mid 40s exec who mm-hmm. is trying to tell you to make a trap record or something you know? <laughs> <laughs> no shade <laughs> not, not adding anything in particular right. 
but it is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That, that one's going. That, that is FGD's platform yeah. point right there. No, I'm taking that one, right. putting it up high and not. Yeah, great. <laughs> and then, like, what is creativity to you? What does it mean to you to be able <clears> to <throat> live out? As you said, pay bills, all mm-hmm. that stuff through um, the medium that is not a mobile. It's, it's a selfish thing on some level. Like, I think that creativity is about like self fulfillment, and it's like it's very hard to describe. But it's a really like you get to the end of the day feeling, and you're just like, I feel good and happy and fulfilled. Like, and it's quite hard to pinpoint why that is or what that is. Apart from that, creativity is trying to do something different and new. It's not like picking your favorite and and you can be inspired by those things i started off hearing james blake and going i want to be that but like i think naturally when you try and copy your idols and like it's never going to be exactly the same Mm. but like you know i always think that creativity the best creative things are like combinations of two very different things it's like you know if you take trying to think like jazz and house music and then someone just takes those two things and creates like jazz house or whatever it is and like that's how like weird new things come about mm. you know it's like you just take things in your life and they might be complete opposites and you combine them and then like you can apply it to anything it doesn't just have to be music you know yeah. it's like um i don't know like if you're like look at like joe wicks or something like yeah. and how he like took combining like his cooking with his like kind of funny social media and his like fitness thing and they're kind of like different than being kind of combine it into this thing and it was it's a very different example and not maybe the best example but like just try and take different things you're passionate about or interested in and combine them I yeah think. reappropriating recycling and yeah. making something new exactly so the creativity for me is like trying to make something that hasn't been done before I guess nice so Sorry, what's next um, what is next um, so I'm working on an album at the moment so as we mentioned before um, so I started singing a bit more. So basically, um, I was never a singer. I was always a producer. I sang a little bit at school and stuff, not very well. Then I sang a couple of records, but I didn't really like shout about it. I just kind of put them out and see if anyone was like, oh, what the fuck was this? Because everyone assumes that there's features on my stuff and there is if it's credited usually. Yeah. I put out a couple of records like, coming up in blue and I saw if anyone noticed and I was like cool no one noticed <laughs> and then I started singing in the live show and then I did like this live Vivo session recently and that was the first time I was like singing on camera like how was that Elton John on the keys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a like <laughs> Vegas moment like spinning piano and, uh, if you see the videos it's kind of funny there's like a grand piano and I'm like singing and, yeah it's fucking nerve wracking it's really nerve wracking I was really nervous but like that was really like a moment where I was like, okay, either people are going to chew this off and spit this out or they're going to be like, green light, do it. So went down really well. So for me, uh, another thing about creativity I kind of wanted to share, I was thinking about before I got here, is that if you're not pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, mm-hmm. then you're yeah. not going to grow and you're going to stay in the same place. Like for me, it was singing. You know, I'm yeah. not a singer. And like if I ever have like a, a hit record where I'm singing on, I will consider myself to have tricked the world. Like, <laughs> that, is, like, that imposter syndrome. <laughs> no, but like not even like, we can like, I can pull up videos of me singing with an acoustic guitar and we can all like agree I'm not a singer. Like mm. when I was like younger and stuff. So like, and also don't be scared of like, don't look at something and be like, oh, I can't do that. It's like, you can't just go and put enough work yeah, into yeah. it. Like if you just 
fucking keep like knocking on a door and just keep practicing something, just keep going, keep Because for me, it was like, I know I want to do that, but I was like, fuck, my voice sucks. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> singing and singing and singing and singing, 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 until I got to a point where I was like, they might be able to bear this. So mm. in terms of what's coming up next, I'm working on an album. Still, I'm a collaborator. I love collaborating. I'm always going to collaborate with much better voices than mine. But for me, it's been creatively empowering to like, to work on stuff and to be like, I've produced this, I've sang this, I've like mixed it and like, you know, just trying my, try to expand myself as a creative person. So I'm working on that. I'm about halfway through the album. It's coming together pretty quickly, not gonna lie, yeah. um, which is so weird for me because I usually take ages. Then US tour in September, October. So just gonna be touring around. And then I'm gonna take my first holiday in about four years so oh, think, yeah. anywhere else on the cards I think in Tulum alright okay. like okay. I was trying to convince uh, a nice young lady to come with me but I think uh, she said no so, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm, I think I'm going to take my mum instead <laughs> right, there's one thing to take from this podcast I sound like a real mummy's boy <laughs> yeah right. so that and then basically first single will probably drop exclusive end of September so then it will be like I'll get back from tour so there's a gap in between the tour I'll do my holiday get back from tour and then it's really like hit the ground running for album two so nice. or album one depending on how you look at it I've never really done like a full length of album so this is kind of album one so it oh. would probably get called the debut album but yeah, it's complicated I did a lot of EPs and kind of bunched them together yeah, and called yeah. it album. but and then who knows from there I really like here's the, if we're talking about creativity and whatever this is my favorite music I've ever worked on. I love it, and like I'm told by people around me, like, "Oh, this is gonna do this, like that." And it's like none of us have any fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. you know? I can put it out, nothing could happen. Yeah. But like, but it's been so fun to work on and so it's fulfilling. So it's like, at this point, yeah, I want it to do well. But I also, I don't care if someone doesn't like it. You know, it's like I don't. If someone, if I put there's the first song, it's the first track. I think it's going to be the first track. It's the song I'm singing. I love it. I've listened to it so many times. And, like, I don't ever listen to my demos, but I fucking love this song. That is a song that, like, I could have James Blake go, I think it's shit, and I'd be like, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And, like, I think that's... <laughs> yeah. if, if you're putting out art and if you're, like, creating things, if you can get to a position where you do not care what other people think, you just love something so much that you want to like yeah. be proud of that and put it out there then that's a good position to be in that's it's an amazing position to be in as a creative to be yeah. grounded and confident in your own self yeah and just to do something for you because like if you if you rest your happiness on reaction and on figures and on other people's opinion then you're never going to be happy because there's always going to be someone online at some point if it reaches any kind of stage that's going to go oh I don't fucking like it like, keyboard warriors everywhere it's like this they music love it. This, they love it this music's a bit more uptempo and there'll be someone who goes boy isn't it like warm and do, that again. Yeah, do yeah, that again do that again it's like Fuck, like, I don't want to do that again. Like, I've done that. So I can I'm listen like, to it. It's on the internet. Exactly. You can go listen to it. So, if you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, yeah, just do it for yourself. Oh, shit. I just hit the microphone. Do it for yourself. Like, feel great about putting it out. And then I promise you the rest will look after itself. Mm. All right. We've got into a bit of tradition in rounding off the podcast. There's the three questions. And that is your moment your myth and your mention all centered around creativity so uh -huh. over to you whatever order you want so the moment being like uh i would say playing coachella this year i think that i've been in this weird position where my music has had like a natural growth in the u.s 
possibly more so than the UK. Like, yeah. um, and we just played at Coachella this year, and it was like 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and there was like 10,000 people in this tent, and it lit, like hit capacity and stuff, and I was just like, it felt like it was really happening. Mm. You know? And I, was, I had my family there, like my whole family, and yeah, that was sick. So that was probably my moment. What's the next one? Myth. Myth. Uh, myth myth um, myth is it's about who you know not what you know I'd say oh that's a good one yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's a good one because the internet has broken that like yeah. people like to make an excuse of being like I don't know like the head of universal blah 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 but it's like the thing you have to remember I'm going to use music as an example because I know it back in the day that might have been true yeah. In terms of like, you might know someone and be able to play them the music. You need to remember that there is now like a whole industry of A&Rs scouring the internet every day yeah. for the next big thing. So if your shit is good enough and you put it on SoundCloud or YouTube, Spotify, whatever you do, whatever your platform is, TikTok, I don't know what kids are doing now. <laughs> <laughs> They'll find it. Like, if it connects with people, it's if it's trawlers. good, yeah. they'll find it, you know? Like, if it's good enough, it will get found. Yeah. So, like, believing yourself, isn't it? And like, yeah. having the confidence to pull it out. Exactly. And, you know, oh, that's a good point, actually, while we're on it. To put something out, it might not be perfect, mm. but, like, no one likes someone who's like, oh, I'm working on my EP four years later. You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I put out some shit. <laughs> I put out some terrible stuff, you know? But it's like... The good stuff sticks and the bad stuff disappears. Don't do anything stupid. Like, <laughs> just, you know, like if it's four minutes of farts and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, if it just you have to put things out to realize how you feel about them and grow. So just like move on from it. Don't hang on it forever because you'll just drive yourself crazy. Oh, mm. And the last one is mention. Mention. Yeah. Oh. Anyone you'd like to mention? Uh, shout out. Yes. Loads of people. Um, Shout out Grant Motion, my manager. He's one, of my, he's one of my best mates in life. We met at uni. We were best mates at uni. And, you know, um, on the topic of people around you and stuff, like, he's someone that is completely in sync with. Um, and you need, if you're working with a manager or a team, you need those people to believe that you are the best in the world and that they must believe, they have to believe in you, like, five times as much as you believe in you, you know? And, like, and Grant's brilliant for that. And he has, like, a great intuition for me as a person and my creativity and it's like you know that's taken a lot of time we've been together like five years now but mm. it's now like a fluid machine it's like two brains just telep telepathically just like yeah shout out grant shout out mum obviously <laughs> uh, shout out scott venner for sinking warm because that was a life-changing moment and that was a stroke of luck i must say mm. but yeah. like i said these people are looking for it. Yeah. yeah. So if you if it's good enough, it will reach the audience eventually. Nice. By one way or another. And it might not happen in, in, like initially, you know. Yeah. Things take time. Oh man. So so how can people see your work? Um at SG Lewis on Twitter, Instagram, but that's not my word, that's social media. Ugh, that's same thing. Same thing. Same um SG Lewis on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, just go check it out and I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man thank you so much that was so much fun through. love talking about myself <laughs> <laughs>
If anyone has any comments and uh, want to write into us, if you can be reached at the tab at lsbstudios.co.uk. Music was created by Amplifeed and our sound engineering by Ryan White. Thanks for listening. <laughs>